Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. I am ready to deliver a word for you and work through the Holy Spirit and ask God to give me grace for this today and prayed about this and really feel excited about the new series that we're doing right now. So if you grab your Bibles, let's get into the Word of God here this Sunday morning. And if you haven't downloaded our app, download our app and follow us. And you can get my sermon notes every single Sunday. And you can print them off even before you get to church. That's pretty cool, right? So we have an app that we developed. And you can download it. You can also go and listen to podcast messages. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can keep up with everything. You can subscribe, ring the bell. And you can get emails and notifications when the next sermon's out. Uh, you can know when also follow us on Facebook. And if you happen to miss church, we live stream through Facebook. We keep you connected. When there's an event that's going on, you'll get a notification through the app. You'll always stay connected. What we believe is if you're consistent with God and you're connected to a local spirit-filled church, that you are connected and planted by the rivers of water and you will grow as Psalms chapter 1 mentions and you will be fruitful in your season and everything you do is going to prosper and you're going to grow in your life. How many of you believe that God can do all things through your life, through your life? So get connected, stay connected, and watch what God would do. Are you ready for the Word of God? Matthew chapter 13. Come on, honor God's Word this Sunday morning. Stand to your feet. Let's get into the Word of God. Matthew chapter 13. I'm reading through the New King James Version. We're continuing the series, The Good News, Thy Kingdom Has Come. The Kingdom Has Come. Last week, we talked about Uh, When we first kicked off the series, we talked about stories, stories of how uh, God's kingdom still moves, miracles still happen, things still occur. Let me encourage some of you here that if God's healed you in one part of your body, he can heal you with the rest of your body and every ailment that you have. Stay faithful, stay positive, and encouragement. If God can give you a good day, God can give you a good year. You hear what I'm telling you? If God can bless you one day, he can bless you the rest of the year. Uh, There is no limitation. The limitation is right here. So what we're going to do today in in talking about the kingdom, we're going to talk about comprehending the kingdom, taking it into consideration, learning how to obtain. And by by the example of the parable that Jesus gave us, we're going to learn from this today. So I'm going to slow it down, try to teach and give you something good today with his with his blessings are you ready Matthew chapter 13 verse 18 says therefore hear the parable of the sower when one hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it then the wicked one comes snatches away what has been sown in his heart this is he who receives seed by the wayside but he, who, but, but he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet, yet, he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. 
and the scripture says, for when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word. Say that with me, because of the word. You see, the word has to be tried in your heart in order for you to trust it. The word has to be tried in order for you to trust it. That's like relationships. Relationships have to be tested before they can become strong. That's like anything in your life. Whatever hasn't been tested cannot be trusted. Anything that you're experiencing in life has been has gone through a an inspection process. Even the chairs that you're sitting on here today, I promise you, we know. We looked it up. We did the re, we we looked at the reviews. We looked at the manufacturer. They're, they went on and on about how these chairs have been tested. They had certain weights that were on them. They checked their structural condition, and they, they're welded in certain areas. So, so we looked at the research before we bought these chairs. But that gives you security. So you're not just sitting on a chair that's going to fall apart. You're sitting on a chair that's been tested, therefore it can be trusted. It's a simple analogy, but you see, the reason why the kingdom of God is not conceived and really received well is because it hasn't been tested in your life. So God has to test the word sometimes and allow you to go through life so you can get roots in your life and learn how to trust him and learn how to impose his power. So with that being said, when the tribulation, persecution, or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. This causes people to stumble because they get offended, because they feel like God's failed them. They maybe have heard the word and maybe have been, uh, you know, they trusted God so much, but they haven't been tested so much. When you pass the test, your faith grows. Now he who receives a seed among thorns it's he who hears the word and the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches, and it chokes the word. He becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the word on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. There are some people that are at different levels of their faith but their faith level is depending on how good their heart condition is. And depending on the heart condition, if you have an understanding heart, then you'll understand what the Word of God says concerning the kingdom and understand how it operates, how it functions, and then you can apply it. How many of you want to see the kingdom of God function in your life, in your family, in your career? The kingdom of God is real. The kingdom of God manifests itself. The kingdom of God is powerful, and the kingdom of God has been given to us, and it's at hand. Jesus preached this message. Jesus did not come to preach the cross, although he mentioned it. The cross was a means of the operation of God that while he was on this earth, so the kingdom of God could come and inhabit you and I. And the king reigns through the kingdom. And his kingdom is synonymous for Holy Spirit, promise of the Father, and the Spirit of God and Holy Ghost. So what you have and who you have inside of you, it is greater than anything in the world you may be facing. How many of you believe that? Someone say, God bless the word today. Today we're going to be talking about the subject of the good news, the kingdom has come. But I'm going to be sharing 
three barriers of the kingdom, three barriers that will stop the kingdom from functioning and operating in your life. Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them, get ready, get your pen and pad out, get your, get your tablet out, get your phone out. We're fixing to receive the word. In Jesus' name, you can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for being here. So the prophet Isaiah had a glimpse into the kingdom of God, and, and he began to speak to the Old Testament church and wrote a, a letter. And in Isaiah chapter 9, he begins to have a glimpse of the Son of God and the kingdom of God. And, and through this, we get this glimpse of what's to come. And he describes Jesus and says, he doesn't, he doesn't ever mention the name because it wasn't revealed at that moment. The name of Jesus was revealed at his birth, given to Mary ahead of time. She kept it in her heart. And then when the time of the birth of Christ had come, then the name was revealed to the world. But he begins to try to describe it and says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment, and justice from that time forward even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform this he said to his government there would be no end from where he reigns from i don't know if you know this but when you read in the scripture about the church the church comes from the greek word that means ecclesia some say ecclesia some say ecclesia tomato tomato it doesn't matter that word, it refers to the church, but it's also referencing in other terms as the government. The government, the place that God chooses to govern through. The position. The church, when you look at the word ecclesia, it is literally a place of government where God reigns through. You are the body of Jesus Christ. And through your prayers, through your leading and being led by the Holy Spirit, by the Father who instructs you as he instructed Jesus as he, when he walked in this world, you are the governing factor to determine the outcome of your world. People, we've learned last week, we learned that I took you through charts and took you through examples in scriptures and showed you and if you missed it if you're gonna if you want to understand it further go to our youtube channel go to our podcast and listen to the message but i went through and showed you how how many of you remember this last week we learned that the devil satan is the god of this world we know this but the kingdom of god had come through the second adam who was jesus christ and when you are born again you're born into a kingdom and you have the kingdom, and now you are back in your place of authority 
that God had previously given to the first Adam because of the second Adam. And now you can have dominion and walk in authority and hell has no power over you. That's our little review. But now we've got to go through and show you and help us understand together that we can tell you all day long about the kingdom, but if you don't have a heart for understanding and wanting to grow in the knowledge of him, then you're not going to be effective. You're not going to be effective in, in God's kingdom. You can, be, you can be born again, but yet not mature. It's very possible. You know, in, in, our, in, our, in our world, when a baby is born, you know, despite uh, the nutritional values and despite uh, whether one is raised vegan or one is raised as a carnivore, uh, that baby's going to grow and mature and get taller and expand. So, so diet, you know, does have something to do with it. But in the kingdom of God, the word of God is the determining factor of growth. We need that from God in our spirit. There are some people that have lived for God for 20 years that I hate to say this, don't look around. I'm not talking about anybody in this church, but they are still babies. 10 years, still babies. And I'm not speaking of age, but I'm speaking of maturity, not even of immaturity. But maybe they have an experience with God, but they have never challenged themselves and pushed themselves to grow but their one experience sufficed them for the rest of their life, and they thought within themselves that I'm good, I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus, and now I'm going to move on and live my life. But listen, when God saves you and God fills you and God gives you a born-again experience, he never saved you just so you can stay the same. God saved you so you can change because he can change you, wants to grow you, wants to mature you. The Scripture says that Jesus Christ was the Firstborn among many brethren, among many brothers, among many of sons, the sons of God. And I promise you, Jesus grew in that anointing. Jesus grew in that power. He didn't just start at the age of five and go out and start a ministry. He started his ministry at the age of 30 and had it for three years on this earth. And in those three years, he turned the world upside down. Why? Because the longer you prepare and the more you mature, the more effective you will be. The more effective you will be. So there is a concept of growth that has to happen. Some people will never see God move in his full potential in their life because the condition of the heart. So we're challenging, we're going to challenge each other today. We're going to see what God's word says about this, and we're going to begin to grow. So the glimpse that Isaiah had was a glimpse into what God would be, what Jesus would play, what role he would play, and how powerful his government would be, which is the kingdom of God, which the kingdom of God abides within you. We know this, right? How many of you know that the kingdom of God abides within you? You know that, right? Okay. So what do we do now that we've got this seed? We've got this condition, the spirit, the condition for, for growth in our life. Jesus said this, and he started to take that parable. And he said, the kingdom of God is likened unto a sower. And he went through different stages 
of that sowing. And, and let me just go ahead and give this right now and show you exactly what he was referring to. He went through three stages, and he showed three different examples. At the end, he showed one who had full understanding, but prior to that, he said that seed would be sown, but there would be a, the evil one. In other translations, it referred to as the ravens or the dark birds that would come and eat the seed. So in, in essence, what really happened was is that there's seed that is being sown. But how many of you have a green thumb? I don't. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to tell you, I do not give me a plant for any kind of a gift. <laughs> don't give me a, I don't care if it's a tree. I don't care if it's a chili patine bush. I will kill it. Okay? <laughs> Just tell you that right now. I do not have a green thumb. But I do know how the word of God grows in our life. See, the scripture also says that the kingdom of God is like a grain of a mustard seed. It's the smallest of the herbs, but when it grows, it becomes the tallest. But when God's word begins to be sown into our life, things begin to transpire and things begin to happen. In other words, life does not stop just having, uh, life does not hand you bad situations, stop handing you bad situations, uh, there's still going to be dark days. There's still going to be challenging moments. It doesn't change just because you come to church. Does that make sense? You can come to church. You can sit in church, but you can do nothing and not worship. Now, I keep looking straight. I'm not talking about you. I was worshiping, and I kept looking forward. I wasn't looking at anybody else worship. So I'm not talking about you. You can come and receive the word of God, but not let it penetrate your heart. You, then you become just as good by definition of a car. You know, just because you stand in the garage doesn't mean that you become a car, right? Just because you come and sit in a church doesn't make you a Christian. It's the nature that you possess. It's the challenges you allow in your life. It's the steps you take to exercise your heart but what i'm sharing with you today are are really points and and strategies for you to have growth in your life to let the kingdom of god reveal itself to you and give you some arsenal and give you weaponry and give you an anointing in your life where you can see devils flee, you can see favor come, you can see things transpire, and things will change in your life. Things will change. I want you to turn to somebody and I want you to tell them things aren't always going to be the same. Even if they're good right now, listen, even if things are good, can I tell you that they will get better? God wants them to get better? Good enough is just the enemy of great. I don't want to just things to be good, and I'm glad that they're good, but God called us to greatness, and he's a good God. But I want to mature. I'm not saying I want to be perfect. When the scripture talks about perfection, that we ought to move on to perfection, it's referring to spiritual maturity. So that's what God wants you to be. 
In other words, he doesn't want you to be harassed by demonic spirits and spirits of influence that are going to put you in, 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 in this pendulum effect of emotions. Bad on Mondays, good on Tuesdays. Bad on Wednesdays, good on Thursdays. I mean, okay, you're quiet. Now I must be <laughs> I'm hitting on something right there. He described the kingdom of God in Isaiah as an everlasting kingdom, something that was had fortitude, something that had something that was going to outlast everything in this world. In fact, he said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, reference to scripture in your notes, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The word of God will by no means pass. It has everlasting, eternal power and the nature of God's word coincides with the nature of God. You cannot separate God from his word or his word from his deity. God is his word. God is spirit. You can't be, uh, you know, you can't make God a fine gourmet meal and deconstruct it into something else. I've seen that now on the Food Network, right? Okay, nobody watches the Food Network. Am I the only... One that watches the Food Network. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Ah, no wonder. It's so funny, though. Okay, this isn't in my notes, but let my humor come out just for a moment. I looked at chocolate, and it started coming on me, that Latino humor. They... They have these contests, and they're supposed to make this taco, or they're supposed to make this thing, and, and they run out of time, so their excuse is, oh, we'll just make a deconstructed taco. <laughs> that is not a deconstructed taco. That's a salad. <laughs> I mean, I even know that. <laughs> that's Chinese food. <laughs> My gosh. And that's what we try to do. We try to deconstruct God's promises and try to make up this big excuse of why God's promises aren't coming to pass in our life. And then we display to the world and try to convince someone else, this is the way it is. You're going to fight. Yeah, you will fight hell. Yes, you will be under opposition. Yes, you will have challenges. But you should every single time come out on top because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. That means that the child of God, the governing factor of his kingdom is inside of you and nothing can withstand the governing power of God's kingdom inside of you. He said it. To my kingdom, there will be no end. But the only restriction I find to God's kingdom in the scripture is our hearts. That's the only thing I can find that can really restrict God's kingdom. Hell can't step, stop God's kingdom. He even said it in the scripture. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church or the ecclesia or the government of God. See, you're the government of God. You're the one who sets the tone in this world. You're the one who, through your prayers, begin to see things alter and shift and change. Prayer is a major factor in the kingdom of God. Nothing happens unless we pray. How many of you believe that? Nothing happens. You can, you can think all you want to. You can be positive all you want to. You can be optimistic all you want to. You can watch the secret 
uh, documentary all you want to, but I'm going to tell you right now, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to tell you something. There's something to be said about the law of attraction and things that happen in your life. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it happens by faith. It happens by the word of God that we speak for God's will to take place in our lives. So we believe in this church that God's will will take place as long as you have a mind of faith. We believe that God will send things to you and according to his word and according to his will and provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory. So we've learned the secret. We've learned how to operate and function in the kingdom. But the only struggle we have is the condition of our heart and the things we allow to fly around to steal and to rob us of God's blessings. So number one, he said the first barrier in our life would be a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding here in Matthew, Matthew 13 and 19, it says it again, when, he, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes, snatches away what has been sown. So here, you, you, you come to church and, and the word is being sown into your heart. But because we don't have an understanding heart, our heart that's open for this, all it does is lay on top. It's like trying to sow seed in ground that hasn't been tilled. How many of you have a garden? You till your garden before you sow the seed? How many times do you till it? Till it. Is it, is it the more you till it, the better the seed, the, the produce comes out? There was a farmer who had two sons. And this farmer left an inheritance to his sons. And he told his boys, he said, the inheritance I've left you is buried in the ground in the field where we plant the boys were so excited and they got the news of after their father had passed and they, they went out to the field and but the father never told them where it was and so they started to get their shovels and they didn't want to go with the plow because they didn't want to rip it up or tear it up so they went with the shovel they went square foot by square foot and they literally went over the entire field by the time they got to the last square into that property they found nothing they were so upset with their dad daddy lied to us there's nothing our inheritance isn't here but that year when they sowed seed it was the best crop they ever had and it dawned on them daddy knew that if we didn't go search for something worth meaning, worth any value to us, if we didn't consider that field and think about the future, he had to lead us in that direction so we can realize that what we already have just really needs to be improved on. He's already given us an inheritance. We have something that's there already. We just need to work on it. 
That was the problem with the prodigal son. The prodigal son and the son that was at home had the same inheritance. One of them wanted it all at one time to go and spend it. The other one was there, and the other son was there when that son realized that, you know what, um, when the other brother came back after he had lost his inheritance and wasted it, he, he realized, you know what, I've been here the entire time, and my father has never thrown me a party. He's never barbecued for me. He's never given me a ring. He, he's never given me the robe. And now this brother of mine who was rebellious, who went out and partied, came, comes back, and he throws them a big celebration. He goes, what's up with that? The father looks at him and says, son, what are you complaining about? Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours already. You could have had a barbecue anytime you wanted a barbecue. You could, you, you want my ring? Here it is. Play daddy. But your brother was lost. Now he's found. In other words, the brother came to a realization that if he would just have recognized that everything he had and wanted was already available to him. Ah, thank you, Holy Ghost. He's helping me right now. See, that was the big lie that God told, that, that Satan told Adam and Eve. Satan told Eve, if you'll eat the fruit of the ground, you'll become like God. The truth was, they were already like God. They already had it, but hell tried to persuade them that they didn't have it and tried to go through another means to obtain it. When Jesus was in this world, the first temptation that he was taken to was a day in the wilderness, uh, 40 nights and 40 days into the wilderness, and the first thing that happened was he was told by Satan, hey, if you are the son of God, do this, do this, and do that trying to provoke him the same way he provoked the first Adam. But it didn't work with him this time because Jesus knew what he had and he knew who he was. You understand what I'm talking about? Jesus knew who he was and he knew what he had. Here's the point of today's lesson and sermon is to help us realize who we are and what we have and what we have to do to see it and begin to flourish in our life. You have the kingdom of God. You have seed in your life. The kingdom of God is like a seed. Every single one of us have a seed inside of us. That seed is Christ. According to Galatians, there is that seed that was sown. See, Abraham was promised a great, a, a great big nation of a family of children. And that didn't happen until Christ came. He had a lot of children afterwards through Israel, uh, you know, through Isaac, through Jacob. But the real numbers came in after Christ, who was the real seed, a promise that came from the loins of Abraham. And until Christ, whom Christ Jesus said himself, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and what? Die. It cannot produce fruit. 
But if you die and you begin to allow yourself to absorb what's been sown into your life, you're going to see some results. You're going to see the flourishing of the kingdom. You're going to see the maturity of Christ in your life. And that's what happened to Jesus. Things didn't begin to exponentially grow until Christ had come and he had gave his life. Then he poured his spirit out on all flesh and there was the harvest. Everything starts off small. So no matter where you're at in this, in this, in this uh, scenario here, here's the key. Proverbs says in this first one, because that first one is about understanding. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 1 says, And the preparation of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So the preparation of your heart belongs to man. In other words, that's man's responsibility to till the ground, to prepare your heart, to get a mindset prepared. That's the preparation. It belongs to man. But the answer of what comes out of the heart comes from the Lord. So he says here, if you want Production, prosperity, results. Listen to what he says in the latter part of this verse in verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Commit your works to the Lord. In other words, if you'll just begin to put God first and allow the kingdom, the work of the kingdom to be in your hands, you'll see the results. It will affect your thinking. So I'm going to share this with you because I believe that one of the first things to having an understanding heart is to put your hands on the plow. Because whatever is in your hands will be in your heart. I'm holding this glass and bottle of water. It's in my heart to drink it. I'm thirsty. So in my mind, I've already, it just, I didn't even try to think about doing it. It just happened. Just take the top off. I experience it. Feels good. Gotta go to the restroom now. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is, is that what you do have in your hand, subconsciously, it is in your heart. And you look forward to that experience. When you put and you put God first and you begin to serve in the church, it does change your heart. It does. It gives you a better perspective of what's going on. I'm gonna tell you something. An old pastor told me one time, he said, son, old school pastor said this one time, and sometimes we need to listen to our elders and listen to voices of the past and get some, get some, get some good nuggets of wisdom from them. But this is what a pastor told me one time. He said, son, you want to keep your people saved? Get them to serve in the church. As long as they're serving in the church, they'll stay right with God. And I've learned that to be true. When he told me that, guess what I started doing? I started serving, son. I'm going to tell you right now. Not just me, my whole family. That's right. When, when I, before, I was, before God opened the door for ministry, I got to tell you that if your last name was Rivera and you were even, even if you were in diapers, you were at the house of God working somehow. And I didn't feel sorry for my kids. I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't feel sorry for Caleb. When I was cutting the grass at church, 
Guess where he was? On that riding mower. Let him steer that wheel. Grab a hold of it, son. That's what we do. And I didn't feel like I was depriving them of family time because we were together. We were doing things together. But by the time they got older and they, they realized that they're still involved and working in the church, letting God do some things in their life, and whatever was in their hand now became part of their heart. Now, the same thing goes for you. The same thing happens for you. You are better when you are serving and helping your community. You are better when you are giving and not just in a position of receiving. You are a better person when you've learned the secret of giving of your time, talent, and treasure. You are just a better person. People that are unhappy, they hold themselves out of fear, out of bitterness, out of unforgiveness, out of out of lack of understanding and they feel like okay i'm not going to do this because i'm going to be taken advantage of they're going to take all of my great ideas hold on a second <laughs> if god gave you one great idea don't you think god can give you a hundred more yes. it's not your idea it's god's idea that he gave you so you can do something with it for his kingdom yes. and when we hoard these things all we're doing is locking up our heart Holding things back. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that pastor over there. I don't know about that guy. I went to that church. Didn't seem like a preacher. Looked like a wrestler. I think, you know, I'm all messed up now. I totally forgot where I was. Unless you put yourself in his shoes, you'll never understand his joy. You'll never understand the celebration, the victories that he had. Jesus was a worker and a server. He came into this world with a towel in his hand more than a title. He came into this world with a towel, and he cleaned the feet of his disciples and washed their feet and led by example. And Peter said, no, 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 not me, Lord. You're not going to serve me. You're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said to him, if you don't allow me to wash your feet, you have no place with me in the kingdom of God because I'm going to have to wash you from your sins one day. And if you don't want me to wash your sins away, you understand what I'm trying to tell you? This is going to carry on. Even right now, he is our king. He's our Lord. He's our savior. But he still forgives you and washes you from your sins. The great, that's why he said, let the greatest among you be the least among you and serve. Serve. Someone say serve. serve. Serving God will give you an understanding heart. It'll break up the fallow of your ground. It will allow God. He even said it in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. But Jesus said to them, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back, it's fit for the kingdom of God. It is amazing how, how, how serving in God's kingdom will give you a heart of understanding how God looks at you and says their heart is in it. And he'll give you a heart for the house. If whenever you have a heart for God's house and a heart for God's family, it will change your house and God will take care of yours. That's a fact. 
I'm telling you, there's a big factor in this. People think that it's a waste of time. It is not a waste of time to serve in your local church. It is not. If you're watching on YouTube right now or you're watching on, on Facebook and, and you're not a part of this church, I'm going to encourage all of you even on the Internet, serve in your local church. Be a blessing to your local community. Do everything possible to do that. It will change your life. It will keep your mind focused. It will keep your mind occupied. It will change your heart and make you more receptive and understand what all is entailed in the work of God and the kingdom of God. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Number two is, he said that there will be no roots. And so when the seed is sown, the seed begins to, to just, it's there, all in there. Someone tells you about the kingdom. Someone shares with you, and we give you revelation, understanding. But because the scripture says of the stony places that are there, you, you can't, and there is no possibility when roots begin to try to sprout, they're limited. They're limited because the rocks are stopping, the stony ground is. I call this surface level Christians. Surface level Christians. Listen to this. This is what God gave me. Surface level Christians are people who come to church but only allow God, not the preacher, only allow God to only go so far into their lives. Everything else below the surface isn't changed. We're good. We're good at playing church. We are good at putting our faces on. We are good at hiding our emotions. Oh, I guess we'll go to church so we can be known, be seen, so the pastor won't be mad at us. Don't come for me. Come for Jesus. I didn't... Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. You ready? I love you. I love seeing some of you out there. I love seeing your faces. You're just We love you, but I didn't come for you either. Is, that, is it okay? I, I really came for him, and I really came to fulfill his, my, my responsibility. You're just part of the blessing. You're part of... Of the, of, the, 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 of the repercussions, of the benefits, of the blessings of God in my life because I cherish relationships. I cherish your friendship. I cherish your, you listening. I'm thankful that you showed up. I wouldn't have anybody to speak to but my family. Now, I'm all, I'll, I'll be all over them because I know they're male. <laughs> but let's be honest with each other. We have all come here today to receive something from the kingdom of God, haven't we? We have. As I'm feeding you, I'm being fed. Some of these things happen and God inspires me and I speak it and I can feel the anointing and I thank God for that. And you can feel confirmation in that if you're hungry for God, you can feel a witness for that in your spirit. And as you write these things down and take notes, you get them in your heart, you're being receptive, but you have to allow God to come into every corridor of your heart and not say like, like certain people when they come over to your home, I don't know if this is you or not, but there's this like one room that has all the dirty clothes, <laughs> all the bags of chips, even dishes. 
Oh, my God. We don't have time to wash dishes either. No, just put it in the room. Put it in the room. Put all the coches in there, too. All the pillows. Everything. Go in the room. They're almost here. Ah, they're at the door. Hurry. Just throw it in the room. <laughs> Act like that's not you. Uh, the, I'm just saying it happens, right? We hide these rooms in our heart and say, oh, that's good. Preach. Oh, that's not good. Preach. I'm, I don't agree with that. Why not? Well, because. Because why? Because, because. You have no excuse. You have no excuse except that you know that God knows that you know that he knows that you know it's not right. But you guarded it and you closed that door and you said, okay, God, I'll maybe open the door to that room to you later. But for right now, I'm happy the way things are right now. Is this all right? Don't get mad at me. I'm just the messenger. But I'm telling you the truth. We have to be able to come to God, open ourselves up completely, and realize that God is not, uh, not pleased with your sacrifice and you having to get up a little early on a Sunday. God forbid we all have to get up a little early on a Sunday for Jesus when he died on the cross for you and I and made a greater sacrifice than you and I could ever make. I'm not trying to give you a guilt trip. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. There is nothing you can do that's going to outweigh what Jesus Christ has done for you, and you'll know all this by, by heart, and you'll know it well when you get to heaven. And you'll see it now if you've ever been forgiven. There is nothing more miserable than a Christian that's be, that is a surface-level Christian. Not experiencing the true peace of God, the true joy of God, just going through the motions. Listen, you have to allow God to come in and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, like David wrote, my sin is ever before me, creating me a clean heart. Let the meditations of my, my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, O God. Search me, O God. Search my heart and create a clean heart inside of me. I want the word of God. I want the, I want the kingdom to take root. And I can't restrict the roots from the seed of God's word. That's why eh, one of the most frustrating things for any pastor or any preacher is to be on their knees all week long, study the word of God, and then come and sow the seed and it fall in places where the enemy takes it from you right after church because somebody took your seat from you at the restaurant. <laughs> oh my God, it's the end times. It's the end times. <laughs> Somebody took my seat. It's the end times. I don't know why. You know, there is something to be said about the things that provoke us to anger. Sometimes you just got to bless the Lord and say, Father, it doesn't matter. You're good anyways. You're good anyhow. You're a good God. I'm not going to let no one take my blessing from my life. And we lose it, and we lose it in public, and make a fool of ourselves, all because we've restricted the kingdom from being in our lives. Are you here with us this Sunday morning?
Listen to this. Psalms 51 and 17 says, The sacrifices of God are of a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These, O oh God, these, O oh God, you will not despise. Write that scripture down. It is something that we need to realize. The sacrifices of God. It's a broken spirit, a contrite heart. It's humility. That's what God is pleased with. God sees your heart. So I understand this, that I understand in the kingdom of God, in order for me, in order for you and I to get rooted and grounded, we've got to let loose of the stony places of our heart. We have to forgive. We can't hold a grudge. We have to forgive even before anyone asks for forgiveness. Repeat this after me. You ready? You ready? Write this down if you want to, but it's a saying that I use all the time, and I think it's true. You ready? You have to fast to last. You have to pray to stay. And you have to stay humble, not to stumble. See, that's what happened right here. The scripture says that when the seed was sown and it took no root, that when opposition came, the believer stumbled. They stumbled. They fell. Number three and the last one is this. This is the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches. I, I know this for a fact. And let's try to make this simple here. Let's try to make it simple. We guard our resources and security in our life. When, when in this part right here, when, when the seed is sown into these areas, and then because things are well and because even God has blessed us, and this is what you have to realize, Every good thing in the world that you've got at some point in your life, your hard work paid off, God made a way for you, and God honored your faith, and God blessed you, and you have nice things in your life. Praise God for that. I thank God. I, I like nice things. I do. Who doesn't like nice things? But when God blesses you, he blesses you and gives you a deeper pa uh, compassion and and a, and a fervency for him, and it draws you closer to him because of gratitude, and you know, you know that, that there's a process with some things. Yeah, well, can I just share this with somebody that's, that's working hard right now, and you're not getting the results you need to, and everything is right, and you feel discouraged? Can I tell you, keep doing what you're doing because God is waiting for the perfect time in your life to bring the fruit into your life so you can appreciate it, so you can accept it and know it wasn't you that did it, but it was God that did it because God can't bless you way before your time because you can't handle it. You'll get lost. You'll get the big head. It's, I'm not getting any amens, but, man, I heard some oh me's. Oh me, oh my's in there. I'm just telling you that you don't need to give up. You need to keep on doing what you're doing. The seed is in the ground. The kingdom of God is everlasting. God is on your side. God is just waiting for this condition of your heart to be cleared up so he can grow you and produce fruit because if he allowed some of this stuff to start growing now as it has, there's going to be some things that's going to choke it out, and that's exactly what he said. He said this, that the seed is sown 
and it begins to grow, but it's limited. Why? It's limited because this right here begins to choke it out. And then we get troubled, and then we get worried because we're driven by fear, and we're driven by worry, and we're driven by anxiety, and that will establish some roots and some thorns and thistles to come in because when you're motivated by fear, it isn't healthy. But when you're motivated by love, the condition of your heart stays at peace. Listen to Isaiah. Isaiah said this, 23, 26 and 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trusting the Lord is a major part of keeping good ground in your life. The kingdom of God has to be tested so you can trust it. And that's what the scripture says also because, well, let me give you the example of Joseph. How many of you have ever felt like a Joseph sometimes? I mean, you felt like, man, I've got to go through the pit. How deep is this thing, right? Have you ever been so low in your life where you felt like, God, is there any end to this pit? I believe a pit was a dried-up well that Joseph was thrown into. That's what I believe. I believe it was a dried-up well. I believe it was a well that hadn't been used and one that had dried up. And, and sometimes the things that we have done, the things that we have made, sometimes be, becomes our own prison. Sometimes the things that the troubles we put ourselves into was a product of our own words. Well, that's what happened to Joseph. He wasn't ready for the blessing. He wasn't ready to be in front of his brothers and, and, and lead his father and his mother. That's what the, the typology was, the symbolism was. His grain of harvest would be sheaves were going to be greater than his family, and he would be like the sun, and the sun and the stars would give obeisance to him. That was all about honor. It was all about prosperity. It was all about provision. It was about being rule, a ruler, and then he starts sharing it with everyone and bragging about it, bragging about it. I had a dream. God told me this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, and the zeal is there. But God won't let it happen because you haven't been broken enough. If you were to be put into that position way before your time, instead of forgiving your brothers, you would have killed your brothers. So when you feel like you're in a slow growth process, I believe this, things that grow slower last longer. What's your hurry? Have faith in God. Trust him. You're a part of the process. God has great plans for you. Keep doing what you're doing and let God begin to show yourself and fortify you. And one day you're going to look back and you're going to say, my God, there is a God in heaven. Look what the Lord has done and look where he brought us from. I'm telling you, this is the way it works. You have to have patience. And then he gets thrown into, you know, the situation with Potiphar's wife and gets accused of something and she has proof in her hands. Joseph was here, Cochino. He was here. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. 
I get myself in a bunch of mess sometimes. <laughs> he was here. <laughs> you get accused of something you didn't do. That, my friend, is an opportunity for you to grow. That's right. Joseph had to lose all the cares of this life. All of these things that would normally choke somebody out and the riches, he lost it all. It felt like his dreams had come to an end. So he didn't water and take care of these thorns. See, those thorns were the thorns that were on the head of Jesus Christ so you can de get delivered from the worry and the anxiety of having all of your needs met, the bills paid, and all these things. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things will be what? Added to who? Say me. Say it. Say it out loud. Me. God said. Say it with me. God said, God said he, shall he shall supply, supply all, my needs all my needs according, according to his riches. his riches. Not one tab. Not, you know, yeah, not, not one tab. <laughs> not a, you know, heaven doesn't like give you a credit card and say, okay, Okay, you got this much to go on and, you know, no bouncing, no bouncing. You know, God says, this isn't really, uh, I want you to prosper, but this is a provisionary gospel where I will provide all of your needs, but you have to have faith. And like Nehemiah, I will give you right of passage to go as long as you're doing my will, I will meet your needs. Here's a revelation God gave me this week. He says, some people have it backwards. Write this down. This is going to be important for you. You, you. I want you to meditate on this. This is a very important point that God gave me this week. He said, when Adam was in the garden, I gave him favor. I gave him favor to go and have dominion. But, but now people think now that they have to have uh, favor first before they have dominion. That's what it was for Adam in the beginning. And they think that, they think that I just gave him favor to do that dominion. But the truth is, the favor came because of his responsibility. The favor was there because of his responsibilities and his assignment. Adam didn't do something special to gain favor. Adam was special. Did you catch that? Adam did not do something to obtain favor. Adam was special. And the favor was given to him because of his assignment. When you find your assignment and how you're supposed to contribute to the kingdom of God, then favor will come when you follow your assignment. Uh, you, some of you missed that. I'm telling you, you got it backwards. Some of you aren't doing anything for God because you're waiting on favor to come so before you can bless the kingdom. That's not how it works. Did you hear what I just said? Some of us are waiting for favor before we do something for God when God says you got it backwards. If you want favor, get onto your assignment, start doing something, then the favor comes to help you. In other words, your heart has to be right and changed. Get 
into the church, start doing something about it, and then favor will come, and you won't be worried about all the cares of this life and everything else, and you won't be restricting God to only come to certain parts of your heart, but your heart will be open, and then you'll start growing some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff right there. You catching this? I'm telling you right now, you got it backwards. You want favor in your life? You want God to begin to do something? Case in point. Are you ready? God spoke to us at a certain time of the year, a couple years ago or so, and said, step out and get property. We didn't have the money for the property. We didn't know what piece of property. We had an idea. God gave us a word. But the first thing we did was step out into our assignment. All we can do at that moment was begin to pray. Sometimes prayer is all you've got. Then we started to release the word and the promise. We started believing the kingdom, embracing the kingdom. We went out and looked. We did all that. Then one day somebody came to us. One day somebody came to us. And you know you're in God's will when people start coming to you, finding you to help you fix your problems. And that's what happened. Somebody approached us. We committed and said, yes, we didn't have the full finances, but we said a pledge, and we said, this is what we're going to do. Some people got upset about it. Oh, my God, Pastor Bobby, where are we going to get the money from? Listen, I don't know. I don't care. I just know the secret. you got to put God's kingdom first, and then he'll give you favor. We did. Guess what? A billionaire, a billionaire, folks, not a millionaire, a billionaire from up north heard about us and wrote us a check and paid off the property. What? What? Where did that come from? Just following the recipe, folks. I'm just following the plan of God. I didn't know what we were going to do. didn't know how things worked out. But I know this, as long as I keep my hands on the plow, he'll take care of all of my needs because he wants me to focus on his work. I've learned this a long time ago. He'll if I'll stay focused on his work, he'll take and give me the desires of my heart. It was so funny the other day we were in their office. This is a little thing, but this is how God does things for me. We were in the office, and I was doing my studying in there, and the staff was in there, and I had my headphones on listening to instrumental worship and trying to get my sermon together, and I heard somebody say, half of a hamburger. <laughs> that's all I heard, half a hamburger, half a fry, and I thought, oh, man, that's cool, man. I want some of that. I turned around. I said, I'd like to have one of those, too, and, and they said, we didn't say half a hamburger. We said, we need to take off half of the tickets and give it to the other people when they sell barbecue tickets. I don't know how I got half of a hamburger out of all of that. <laughs> and I said, well, man, I want a ha half of a hamburger. I, I specifically said a half of a hamburger. And I went back to my work. They're laughing at me and said, I don't care. So I started working again, doing my thing. And then another staff member comes in that wasn't there, had to come in late, walks in and says, Pastor Bobby, I went and bought a hamburger. I can't eat the whole thing. Would you like half of my hamburger? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you don't even know. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what God does for me all the time. Crazy things like that. Even gave me some half of French fries. Portion control. I understand God's trying to talk to me. Portion control. <laughs> Portion control. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. 
One time the Lord said, I want you to take your brother fishing. My heart wasn't in it, but I had to do something about it for my heart to be in it. I didn't want to go, so I put action there. And when I took action to be obedient to God, to take my brother fishing, I couldn't afford to do it, didn't want to do it, I just didn't feel like it. He said, do something about it. He met me there. I understood how God works. When God gives you a simple assignment, look, that was an assignment. My brother needed encouraging. God wanted to prove that. And so we went fishing to India, Indianola. I almost said Indiana. Indianola. When we got there, I didn't have anything but my fishing rod and some old lures that stunk and all the wire, the string on them was all crinkly, and I thought, man, if fish bit that, it's going to break. So I wasn't prepared, but I was obedient. That's a, that's a message within itself. Sometimes you don't have to be prepared. You just got to be obedient. So when I get there, they're selling all these croakers, and they're selling uh, uh, shrimp and all that stuff. I go, well, that's nice. I said, you know what, kids? I have my brother there with me, and kids and i said we'll get a little bit of that i said we we got this bucket let's just get a little bit we can't afford to get a whole lot so i didn't say a word i went there bought my stuff from them some shrimp and uh they had croakers for so that croakers i mean my god what kind of croaker was that laced with gold <laughs> i mean what are the special kind of croaker called three dollars four dollars for a croaker or something i don't know what it, it was this, i'm like man forget that we'll go with shrimp how much is the life no you got dead I, no, man, I just take the heads. I just take the head. <laughs> but we get our stuff. We go, and we're on this pier, and we're fishing, and we're out there, and then it gets dark. We're not catching a thing, but here comes this guy. This guy comes on here with his tackle all fitted out and everything, you know, just fancy rod, all this stuff, breaks out with this homemade lure. He throws it out there. He's catching two trout at a time, two trout at a time. And we're all looking at him. You know that feeling, right? Like you're like, like you're kind of sort of happy for him, but you just don't want to give it away. And you're like, this guy, man, I can't believe this guy goes someplace else. Another one, all right. God, man, show off, show off. He's fishing. He's the only one catching fish. Out, I said, someone, my, I heard my brother talking to him. My brother was right next to me. My brother said, hey, you know, how many condoms are, hey, what are you using? Where did you get that? Where did you get that? Like it was inside the store, right? He goes, oh, I made this. This is a homemade lure. I made this myself. There's, it's my last one. And he kept on fishing, so my brother was kind of like, oh, okay. The guy stops fishing, long story short. He, he walks across all these people. Take, he took his lure off, walked across everybody, passed up everybody, didn't say hi to this guy, didn't even look at him that much, didn't even pay attention to him. He walks straight up to me and says, hey, man, so I want to give you this. He says, it's my last one, but I want you to have it. Go ahead and start fishing with it. Then I became the guy bringing in two trout at a time. <laughs> Then the store owner passes up everybody. We had about 50 people on that, that pier. He passes up every single person, comes straight to me and says, hey, man, would you like some croaker? I said, I'd love some croaker, but I don't have, I, I just can't afford to get it. He said, don't worry about it, buddy. And he came and emptied out his stuff into my thing. 
bucket and filled me up with about $50 worth of bait. And now I'm the guy with all the bait too. Now I'm telling you, I didn't get all worried about how we're going to make things ends meet. I know that's maybe kind of irresponsible to some. But when God tells you to do something, no matter how small it is, you need to do it. That's where the blessing is. That's where the favor is. The favor is in the assignment. The favor is in the word of obedience. And your heart will become more receptive to the kingdom of God through experiences. And you'll start realizing, hold on a second, there is something about, there's something to this. There's something to this. It doesn't just happen by not doing anything. It begins to manifest itself with the right condition of a heart. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Here's what I close with. Come on, Haley. Here's what I close with this Sunday morning. An understanding heart is the breeding ground for the kingdom of God to flourish in your life. So you have to begin to ask God, God, give me an understanding heart. Put God's work in your hands. Doesn't matter where you're at. I'm telling you, it's a secret to favor and having an open heart for the kingdom of God. Prayer is a work. Prayer is an act of service also. Fasting is a way of tilling the ground as well in our hearts. And sowing the word is taking action. So God's kingdom becomes a little seed in our life. And we can lack understanding. We can restrict God to come in certain areas of our life as if God doesn't know, or we can get so caught up and worried about life that we don't allow God's kingdom to grow when all we have to start doing is start trusting and testing out the kingdom of God. That's it. How many of you want the kingdom of God to begin to manifest itself in your life? I have seen people healed. I've seen people delivered. I've seen the kingdom of God come in and make big provision. I've seen things happen. And it, the same amount of faith, listen, the same amount of faith that was in the miracle with the young boy with, five li- with, with, with loaves of bread and fish, the same miracle working power, the same faith that fed the 5,000, was the same faith that came from the bread of life when it was broken that saved the world. It's the same faith, the same grace, the same power. But when God can trust you with the small things, he'll bless you with bigger things. When he can trust you with small assignments, he'll trust you with bigger assignments. You want to know how God started speaking to me when he first started talking to me? He gave me small things to do, and he would see if I was obedient to it. Small things. He asked me to do things because remember, the voice of God that tells you to do small things is the same voice of God that will tell you to do big things. So God has to train you in smaller areas to see and test your obedience. The kingdom of God was given to us to flourish, to grow, to do things for the kingdom. But as soon as you find your assignment, that's why God called you to this church. Not so, you know, you can come up to me and give me a card and say, I'm an evangelist, I'm a preacher, I did this at this church, I pastored at this church. No, 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 no. Like John Maxwell, 
you have to start. There are five levels of leadership. You have to start at the bottom level every place you go and let God prosper you because it's the Lord that does the prosperity and the Lord that gives the promotions. Promotion comes from the Lord. But you got to be patient, and God has to see your heart. Are you doing what you're doing for men? Are you doing what you're doing for God? And the moment you start doing it for God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, your condition of your heart changes, and you begin to have good ground. And when the understanding comes, you embrace it, you hold on to it, you water it in prayer, you sow it out by faith, you watch it grow, and it begins to manifest itself in your life. That's how it happens. You, you catch that? Somebody lift your voice and say, Father, let the kingdom of God come. Let it manifest. So come on, stand to your feet this Sunday morning. We're challenging you here today and telling you that there is nothing too hard for God's kingdom to handle, that there is nothing too insignificant that he doesn't care about. He cares about every area of your life. If you'll just give it to God, if you'll just allow God to work, if you'll just embrace it by faith and say, there's nothing too hard for me to do, and God shall supply all of my needs, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I'm going to make it through this season. I'm going to make it through this season. I'm going to make it through my circumstance. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm just going to make my heart right with God. And when God begins to sow seed into my life, I'm going to make sure that when God begins to do something for me, that I'm going to be receptive of all of this, and God is going to bless me. I want you to lift your hearts and your, with your hands up right now. Let's just pray. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. Just close your eyes. Look forward. Some of you walked in here carrying guilt. Some of you walked in here feeling condemned. Some of you walked in here not sure you wanted to be here. Some are here today because you're hungry, you're curious. Some are here today because you, you, you've received a word from God. But let's level the playing field right now and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, forgive me of my sins and forgive me for worrying and forgive me, God, for caring about my own life and caring about the things of this world and caring about everything else but your kingdom. Father, in the name of Jesus, we repent of that. If you're serious about this message and this lesson, tell them, Father, I repent of doing it my way. I repent of holding you out of areas of my heart. I repent in every area of my life that I feel like I've restricted the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Begin to work. Begin to see. I am an open book to you. I'm an open book to you, God. I'm an open book to you right now. There is nothing too hard for you to do. There is nothing too hard for you to do, God. There is nothing impossible for you to do. We bless your name. Thank you, Father. It's all right. Right where you're at, begin to pray in the Spirit. This is in order. I'm calling for it. Pray in the Spirit right where you're at. Begin to flow in the Spirit. Make your heart receptive to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's sown into your life and it needs to grow. It needs to grow. God wants to give you favor. God wants to give you understanding. He wants to give you wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ that you can grow up into him, that you can grow into him as a holy habitation of God through the spirit of the Lord. You're not foreigner, you're not a foreigner, you're not a stranger, but you're a citizen of God's kingdom. You're a citizen of God's kingdom. You're part of something that's bigger than yourself. You're part of something that's bigger than your problems. 
You're part of something that's bigger than your trouble. You're part of something that's bigger than your difficulty. God can change your heart. God can change your mind. The moment you surrender to him and say, Father, thy will be done in my life. God, let your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Let your seed grow up into a harvest in my life. Let everything begin to transpire. I surrender. <laughs> I surrender. I surrender now. I surrender now. I surrender now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, say, say this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm not going to allow tribulation trouble or a spirit to take this word from my heart say Lord Jesus I open my heart I don't restrict any place in my heart I'm an open book to you change my heart cleanse my heart say Lord Jesus I will seek your kingdom first I'm not going to worry about my bills. I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on giving. But I'm going to keep on serving. And I'm going to follow my assignment. And you shall meet all of my needs according to your riches in glory. I am favored. Say, I am highly favored. Say, favor surrounds me like a shield. Jesus' name. Now give God some praise right now. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.